Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sophie Scott and I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people, sharing uplifting news stories, and delivering tips and tricks to bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. It's episode number 51. Our guest today, Dr. Megan Rossi, the hugely popular, and rightly so, because she is pure sunshine, uh, the hugely popular gut health doctor. Dr. Megan's book, Eat Yourself, Eat Yourself Healthy, an easy to digest, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, get it, yeah, an easy to digest guide to health and happiness from the inside out. It's out now, it's wonderful, it's packed with recipes, but it's also packed with lots of takeaway advice. Uh, it really is a guide, there's loads of tips and tricks. If you're already into gut health, this book I think will really take you to the next level. If you are like me, you know a little bit about it, but would like to know a whole lot more then you will also devour this book. Uh, Dr. Megan was just the most perfect guest. She's a great talker. She's super interesting. She's incredibly likable. Uh, and this chat, as I say, is also packed with lots of tips and tricks and advice for you to take away to improve your gut health. Uh, here at Balance, we're huge fans of Dr. Megan. Um, I'll be honest with you. If you're thinking, why is he saying Megan? I've already done this intro called a Megan then when I was editing the audio I remembered oh it's Megan Australian Dr Megan Rossi also to add to the uh, Australianess I mean that is sloppy syntax at best uh, we recorded this during the ashes you, you'll see why I'm, I'm flagging that because we referenced the cricket uh, Dr Megan's wonderful this is an absolute beaut of an episode because as I say Dr Megan is uh She's pure sunshine. Uh, also, the, it's, it's the knowledge that she has. It's wonderful. She's taking a really uh, complicated subject matter and making it, I'm going to go for the easy to digest as well, making it very digestible. Uh, so without further ado, here she is, wonderful Dr. Megan Rossi. Oh, by the way, the banging and uh, clomping you can hear in the background is my one-year-old. So you sure, you sure we can't go with Dr. Megan? It has to be Megan. <laughs> Megan, come on, we're all friends here. Thank, that's so nice to hear that. Thank you very much. Do you ever use the doctor when you're booking a table at a restaurant? Absolutely. Do you? Absolutely. My sister-in-law is a doctor <laughs> and she's not afraid to bang that out if it's going to get Sometimes you need it, okay? But I feel like in this environment, we're all friends. We're on the same level. When else do you need it apart from booking a table? This is not how I intended to start the uh, Yeah, yeah, travel, aeroplanes. Go on. Yeah, yeah, upgrading. Sometimes, you, you yeah. Get a bump up. Although, to be fair, you have to be careful because if they think you're a medical doctor, 
and then yeah. something happens. But thankfully, my husband is actually a medical doctor, so <laughs> I get win, away with win it. Win all round. Because <laughs> they're, they're thinking if something happens, they're, they're going to go, well, Dr. Megan, she needs, right to, she needs to earn her bump up. Like, well, maybe if you got something's wrong with your gut, I could kind of intervene. <laughs> a bit of extra bloating up in the air, which happens. Sure. Then I'm there to the rescue. But otherwise, it is Dr. the husband. Megan, you need it. <laughs> um, so, so I, I know just from reading about you, but you're—if I had a pound for every time I said the word journey on this podcast—but it was something that happened to your grandparent, wasn't it? That had that had paved the way. Can you just say a bit about that? Because I'm a big believer that you know you can turn something that happens in your life into something positive, can't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. It um, it was actually my grandma who got me into the gut. So I think I've always been massively into food and science. So I was raised on a farm, a big Italian family, and in the centre of the farm, um, my nana was there, always cooking fresh pasta and kind of brought everyone together. So I just loved food and the community feel attached to that. And my mum was actually a science teacher, which is where I kind of got interested in the, I guess, health benefits of food. But it wasn't until I was studying nutrition and dietetics when my grandma, who had a really big part of my upbringing, actually passed away of bowel cancer. And I hated the gut so much for doing that to her. You know, I watched the gut cause her to struggle through surgery, through chemo, and you just just hated that organ so much. Um, and then she actually passed away in my final year of um, nutrition and dietetics. So I somewhat, I guess, suppressed that emotion around the gut until I was working as a clinical dietitian, say, in a hospital with all these sick people. And I started to notice the gut coming up a lot. Yeah. And in fact, people were complaining of gut issues when they didn't even have an issue directly wrong with their gut. It was maybe they had kidney disease or heart disease. And I started to think, what is it about this freaking organ? Like it's just, it's so infuriating. It's causing so many people's lives misery. And there really wasn't much, I guess, in the literature at the time. It was 2010. And I was like any crazy, enthusiastic uh, person in the early 20s. And I, yeah, signed away in my early 20s to do a PhD. Um, just through my whole life in it to really understand whether we could target the gut through nutrition, so really try and nurture the gut, and whether that would impact the health of our other organs, like our kidneys. And, you know, fast forward the three to four years, it was successful, showing that actually our gut is connected to the other organs, and we could effectively improve our health by nurturing the gut through nutrition. Um, and I guess from there, so many other things have come up. In fact, I was very fortunate also to work with the Australian Olympic synchronized swimming team and found out that the girls who had the most performance anxiety also had the most amount of gut issues. You know, really highlighting to me, it wasn't just this, you know, kind of condition where the gut was connected to the kidneys and the heart disease and sick people, yeah. but also in healthy people, there was this gut-brain axis. Um, so, yeah, at that point I thought – this is where I can really make an impact in people's lives. The gut is actually not something I should be hating. It's incredibly powerful. We just need to look after it and nurture it, and we can improve the health and happiness of you know people's lives. Do you ever do you ever afford yourself that moment where you look back and go, "I've actually been part of something pretty extraordinary here." Yeah, it was you know an amazing journey, you know, to be on during the very early stages of yeah. understanding that we are more microbe than we are humans. We contain more bacteria in us than we do human cells. Hang on, that's a quote and a half, is that? I know, it's that's, pretty... That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty eye-opening. And, um, yeah, to, I guess to the human ego, it can be a bit of a, a, a bit of a surprise in that, actually, 
you know, we are essentially aliens in disguise. We have this huge community of microbes, including the bacteria, which, you know, do so much for us. They produce so many different nutrients, hormones, affect the communication to our brain, to our other organs. And the really cool thing, I think, about the fact that we have these trillions of organisms is that we are so much in control of them and that they are reliant on what we feed them. And, you know, that is where the power of nutrition has, I think, you know, we started to realise exactly why nutrition can be so powerful. And it's because it not only feeds the human cells in our body, but also this community of bacteria and we can nurture them and then they do many extraordinary things to the human body. I mean, take anxiety there. So what what can we do to combat that? The reason why I ask that is because of bag- uh, because of the magazine I, I, I work for, that's something that we cover a lot, anxiety. So it's a thing we get a lot of feedback about. Uh, so I imagine you saw my eyes nearly pop out of my head when you, when you said that. So what steps can we take in terms of the, the gut, in terms of uh, combating anxiety? Yeah, so I think it's important to appreciate it's only very early days in terms of our understanding of this gut-brain axis. This makes it even more exciting though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But however, there's been some incredible research being done and they've uh, pulled together all the individual clinical trials out yeah. there. And we do this in, in the scientific world. We call it a systematic review. Now, <laughs> the listeners don't need to know that word, but it's just really important to know that there's been, you know, I think close to 20 different clinical trials looking at the relationship between probiotics, which is certain bacteria, and things like anxiety and depression. And what they Amazing. found overall is that certain types of probiotics actually can improve clinical anxiety and clinical depression. So there certainly is a way we can, you know, improve um, our anxiety levels through nurturing our gut. Now, of course, it's not the only thing that causes anxiety, uh, but there certainly is a role for our gut health to have a, yeah, have to play. But, but if you have a multi-pronged approach on not just anxiety, but combating anything in your life or trying to help anything in your life, it can only help then, I suppose, as, 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 as having that as part of a, as I say, a multi-pronged Approach, yeah, right? and I've you know seen it in my clinic. In fact, um, you know, in the, in the book that um, I've just written, I share one of the case studies where I got permission um, with one of my patients, and over a period of three months, we helped dramatically improve his mental health through just some very simple changes in his diet. Now, I certainly am not one to um, you know talk about anecdotal evidence where, you know, it just was this one-off case. But the reason why I was very confident in saying to um, one of my patients that, yeah, you know, let's have a really good crack at changing your diet, improving your gut health, and whether that can improve your mental health was because there's actually been a really landmark study um, published a couple of years ago showing that through diet and looking after the gut, we can improve clinical depression. Yeah, so I, I might just talk through this because it's just no, so please, this intriguing. Is, what the listener can't see is my my jaw is <laughs> wide open for a lot of this. This this is this is fascinating. Yeah, and I just think because my background is so evidence based, I think it's important that we do absolutely, share the absolutely. research. So uh, it was a study undertaken by the Food and Mood Centre in Australia. So some of my colleagues um, there, where they randomised people who had clinical depression to either getting a really high fibre diet or getting a placebo intervention, which is a counselling style of intervention. And it was really important they had that placebo to make sure any benefit observed in those who had the dietary change wasn't because they were seeing a dietitian, but because of the actual food. So both groups, whether they had the diet group or the um, counselling style, saw the uh, 
interviewers seven times over 12 weeks. Yeah. And when they assessed their mental health, they found those who had the dietary intervention, 32% of them had a significant reduction in their depression levels that would have classified them as no longer clinically depressed. In the placebo group, that was 8%. Wow, we Just through diet. And what was, you know, really important about this diet, it was loaded with dietary fibre from all our different plant-based foods. And one of the things... You know, not that many people, everyone's heard of fiber. I think it's, you know, in the headlines all the time, but people don't really appreciate necessarily why it's important. I think once people do, then they go, oh, yeah, I need to eat more of that. And the thing is, dietary fiber can't be digested by human cells. In fact, its sole purpose is to feed the trillions of microbes in our gut, like the bacteria. So, this is one of the reasons why plant-based eating is, you know, shown to be so beneficial. Reduction in diabetes risk, heart disease risk, etc., is because it feeds the bacteria, which then do amazing things inside, produce different chemicals to look after our heart health, our mental health, our pancreas, the organ that you know is related to diabetes, etc. So yeah, it's it's phenomenal sort of stuff coming out around how, you know, looking after our gut through nutrition, as well as other lifestyle factors, which I think is also really important to include, um, can improve, you know, our overall health and happiness. Whenever I'm feeling a little bit down, I'm going to listen to this episode because this is like listening to pure sunshine. <laughs> this is this is an education. So thank you very much. Now, how did you, how have you gone from the, the studies to becoming one of Penguin's rising stars? Is that correct? Well, it's very nice of you to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, just, you know, good old social media. So about a year, so I finished my PhD back in Australia and then I was like, you know what, I I want to dedicate the rest of my career to gut health. This is, you know, where it's at and how I can really have an impact. And I looked around the world and King's College in London with a university doing the most innovative gut health yeah. research focused on the gut. So uh, focus, on, focus on nutrition. So I applied for a job there, was very lucky enough to get it. And then about a year into that post after moving from Australia to London, I started to get really frustrated, actually, that despite the amazing research that not just my group, but all these other groups around the world were doing, it was the fair, potentially dangerous messages that were being fed to the general public. And I was seeing, you know, extremes in my clinic where people were coming to me, you know, really intelligent people who were like overdosing on things like probiotics and all these herbal supplements, hoping they'd get that extra edge in their gut health and therefore their mental health because they'd read something about the connection. And then other people who were like down to, you know, 10 foods because they thought they had food intolerances because of these invalid tests, like just crazy things that were happening. And I was, you know, seeing that this organ that I knew had so much power and potential was actually something to destroy people's health. Um, so I turned to social media at that point and I, you know, was terrible at social media. I didn't really do it privately, but I was like, if I want to make an impact, you know, I need to get into this space. So I just started on social media and Penguin approached me through there. That's that's amazing. Yeah. But I think, I guess you're, you, I mean, I'm telling you something that you already know because you are you, but almost your USP is... There's lots of people on Instagram, but not all of them are experts, and certainly not everyone has the background that you have. And I, and I guess that's why you're a penguin rising star. Yeah, look, I am really proud uh, that you know all my content is really thoroughly evidence based, yes. and I think through it. And I, um, yeah, I feel like it's a, nearly a safe place for people to come if they're a bit confused about things they read in the headlines. Uh, so yeah, I think that's. Potentially one of the reasons why Penguin approached me. So, so how did the um, but how did the following come about? Because again, there's you know, millions of people on social media 
but what the listeners might not realise is just how big your following is on social media. Oh, well, you know, it's it's not that big, but um. So just... if you ever need a PR, <laughs> yeah, please <laughs> sign me up. Um, no, but I mean, sorry, what I mean yeah, by yeah. that is it's not because it's given what you're doing is rather niche. Yeah. yeah. Given that you have more than a hundred thousand followers, yeah. is the equivalent of millions if you were say uh, an actor or a pop star or something yeah, isn't it you know? yeah yeah no it's true like i um i think for a scientist you know it, ha- it has <laughs> gone quite well it's, really it's amazing. um and you know what it's just been all through you know influencers seeing the the promise and potential of gut health and getting me on their podcast and you know getting me to do events and then shouting out because you know i've either helped them improve their gut health or they've seen the science is so fascinating and then i'm able to debunk some of the you know dangerous myths out there so it's been a bit of yeah word of mouth and so many um influencers have really supported me and i've been so grateful for that because, yeah, sometimes I think there's a, a lot of negativity around, you know, social media influences, but some of them, you know, really want to do good. And I feel like they've supported, you know, my mission and that it is sure. evidence-based. And, yeah, I think that's how I got there. What, what, what are a couple of the more dangerous ones then to, to debunk? Yeah, look, I think around restricting diets. So I see a lot of people um, coming and really fearing food and thinking that um, things like whole grains is actually really bad for their gut and like gluten will cause gut leakiness. And what we actually see in the, you know, total evidence um, outside of the media is actually whole grains have been linked to reduced risk of uh, breast cancer, heart disease risk, etc. In fact, those who uh, one of the studies looked at those who had the highest intake of whole grains and those who had the lowest risk, uh, the lowest intake of whole grains, and found that those with the highest actually had, I think it was like a twelve percent reduction in their risk of breast cancer and diabetes. So it's you know really important that we are including a range of different. Sure. Um, uh, plant-based foods and yeah so a lot of people are being over restrictive uh, and some of them can get in a very vicious cycle so the more they restrict actually they start to get gut symptoms and then they think oh my god I'm intolerant to something I've got an allergy or something and they dwindle their diet down and there's a lot of invalid food tests out there where people you know get blood tests and come back with results which look super valid they're actually not in fact there's only one way um, or one type of food intolerance that can be attested via the blood and that is is lactose, so milk sugar intolerance. Right. All the rest, like gluten, you have to do this very systematic approach, which we do in in clinical trials. Um, as what? Sorry, in my clinical practice, and then also it's a pathway which I share in the book called the Three R Method. Now the, the book is beautifully put together. What was what was that process like? You must, was it uh, was it a labour of love? Were you ever pulling your hair out? Was the you know was the whole thing? Pure bliss. Yeah, no, no, I don't think anyone has written a book. Well, me personally, never had any dreams or desires to write a book. Seriously? Um, no, not at all. I, you know, I'm a scientist by trade. It was textbooks. Um, so I've, you know, done chapters for textbooks. So all, all of it, none of this was part of a, a master plan when you were, honestly? <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's just, you know, when there's opportunities that are presented to you and I knew Penguin had such a big reach. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah, well... Yeah, so I guess um, some lucky stars, maybe. Um, yeah, so when Penguin came and showed me that they wanted this to be, you know, really their big book for autumn, I was like, this is going to be an amazing way to get the evidence out there. Um, so it was a very tricky um I guess, process, trying to distill a lot of the science, particularly because it's still evolving. Uh, so I 
got on board about 20 of my um, colleagues who were experts in all different areas to review it really critically. So I was a bit anal about how many people reviewed each of my um, pathways and strategies. Um, And the book, when I presented it to Penguin, was about 700 pages long. (laughs) And they were like, this is great, but we have to cut this down. People are going to be put off by the amount of um, information in the one book. So we've cut it down to about 300 Um, But it has plenty of recipes and heaps of diagrams. So I think what I'm most proud about the book is that I feel like it is for the everyday person, some people who might not have even heard of the word, you know, a gut bacteria before. So it, um, you know, hopefully is, you know, appealing to a broad range of people. Now, now someone who will always try to put a positive spin on anything as soon as you said 700 cut down to 300, I just thought, well, that's book two sorted, isn't it? <laughs> no, a lot of a lot of people um, have mentioned that. And um, I, I kind of feel like I might release those 400 pages for people who are really, really interested and want more of the detail. Um, I totally get Penguin's approach in that we need to keep things quite simple and, you know, very um, easy to, for people to translate all these strategies. And that's why there's so many, you know, little checklists and flow diagrams, etc. So I think the 400 um, pages is more for the person who wants the nitty gritty of the science still in you know very lay language um so i think if there ever was a book to it wouldn't be just unfortunately a cut and paste <laughs> it would be a different gosh angle. darn it i know i wish but that's something that comes naturally to you though isn't it because i mean you as anyone who's listened, listened to this episode or knows anything about you what one of your great skills is taking incredibly complex subject matter and presenting it in such a beautifully accessible way Oh, I appreciate that. But I think whenever I'm, you know, doing the translation, I just think, what would my girlfriends want to know about? How would they speak? You know, um, yeah. putting it into that language because, you know, it's all good and well me sitting up my scientific ivory tower and doing all this research. But if doesn't it ever get translated, like what's the whole point? It just, um, yeah, it blows my mind. So I guess I've, I've nearly learned through trial and error what what people want to know about and how to communicate and, you know, that sort of lay language. Now, some people cannot, cannot give up meat. They, they, they simply can't. They love the ribs. They love the burgers, you know, you name it. Um, are there any meals that you would recommend uh, that would not, not necessarily silence any doubters, but, but perhaps open people's minds? Any meals from the book in that regard? Yeah, so one of my uh, favourite meals is the mushroom and lentil fettuccine. Now, for those who are sounds great already, who are really into meat, they probably go, "No way!" But my husband is totally into meat, um, and when I gave it to him, he actually thought there was some meat in it because it really, the way that it's yeah. all blended up, it really does kind of look like the consistency of meat and has a very meaty taste. Now, for those who, you know, really couldn't even think about giving up meat, I certainly don't believe you need to give up meat. In fact, I still eat meat. Yeah. It's just in moderation. It's about, you know, if you're having a bolognese, just cutting half the meat out, the beef out, and replacing the other half with lentils. And you still get the meaty taste, although I think my recipe with none in it at all is pretty meaty still. Um, but I think that's a really great way, particularly if you've got a family, to get them more on board. Um, so that's not only going to be better for your gut because it's got the fibre uh, from the lentils, but also it's better for the environment. 
Um, so the greenhouse gas emissions from lentils is much, much lower than the beef. So I think when you think about just cutting half the meat out, replacing it with half lentils, you're doing your body good, you're doing your family good, um, you're doing your gut microbes good, and you're doing the environment good. So it's a bit of a no-brainer. Now, imagine you have a four-year-old who's a very uh, picky <laughs> eater. Anything that you would recommend there to get her on board? Getting them involved. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So literally taking them to the farmer's markets and saying, this week, you know, choose what vegetable you want to do and then let her search it out, find whatever colour one she wants, bring it home, and then it's her turn to cook. But this is great. I think it's yeah. really important to make it tasty. You know, whether you have to blend up some hummus and some olive oil or roast it in the oven with um, a bit of extra virgin olive oil and some sea salt, some smoky paprika or something like that. So it's important to make it taste good, um, but also that ownership. What, what, when you're not immersed in food, what are you doing for... question that I invariably ask on the podcast is, what, what are you doing for balance yourself? I, every morning, start the day off with my overnight fermented oats. Um, which I just love so much. There's just something special about, so I make it the night before. Yeah. Um, and then I, it's just, you know, your typical overnight oats where you've got the oats. I also add some carrots and um, cinnamon. Carrots in the oats? Yeah, yeah. Hang on. This Get is your a, veggies in for breakfast. Seriously. I'm in for this. <laughs> you need to try it. It is so tasty. It really is. Like, again, my husband, I love trialing things on him because he's super fussy. And is he, he on board with the carrots he and the is oats? totally on board. And the other recipe I imagine people is, on the train right now sipping a coffee, spitting it out when you said that. So we should give this a try. Yeah, don't knock it till you try it. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not I, 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 I might have to send you. Please. I'm, I, 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 I'm, send you the recipe I have the most open mind. I, will, yeah. I, I assure you I'll be putting carrots in, in my... My wife yeah. will think I've had a breakdown, but I will. <laughs> I will. Because then you add in things like the... Um, you know, banana, some dates, oh, yeah, mixed seeds. Sure. So it kind of gets that bit of a sweet flavour to it. Then you add in kefir, so that's a fermented type of milk, and then you leave it overnight on the bench. And overnight, the microbes in the kefir really transform your overnight oats. They turn the flavours and really, like, immerse them. So there is that comforting feeling knowing that I'm going to bed and these microbes are sitting in the kitchen working on fermenting my food and then I get in the morning, it's in my jar already, pop the lid on and I'm off to work with it. So I really, I really love that routine and just the flavours of it, um, let alone the health benefits. And then I also... So I have my overnight fermented oats and then the other thing, just doing 10 minutes of headspace... Go on. And five minutes of my gut-directed yoga flow, just to really reduce any sort of, you know, underlying stress um, that I know the day is going to bring upon me. And that really does relax that gut-brain axis. And it's actually an evidence-based way to um, to lower your stress levels. Please go on. That That's that's fascinating. Yeah. I, di I didn't know that that was a thing. So you can do gut, specifically gut-targeted yoga? Yeah. So an amazing clinical trial yeah. um, compared a dietary intervention, which we use in clinical practice all the time for irritable bowel syndrome. So IBS, it affects about 10% of people. Stomach pain, bloating, funny stools, that's kind of the diagnosis for it. So they got participants and either gave them the diet, which we know is you know works in clinical practice, or the other group, they didn't touch their diet. They gave them this gut-directed yoga flow and both groups followed their interventions for 12 weeks and they found at the end of that 80% of the participants in the yoga group had a significant improvement in their gut symptoms along with the other group also had about an 80% improvement in the, the diet group showing that a lot of our gut symptoms, you don't need to change your diet. It's about relaxing that gut-brain axis. Um, so, yeah, in the book That's I've um, distilled some of the um, 
the movements uh, that the clinical trial used into a gut yoga flow um, with the expert. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, support of uh, Richie Norton, who is a yoga specialist. Yes, Richie Norton's great, isn't he? Yeah, love him. Uh, Headspace, is that the Headspace app then? Yeah, it is. Now, I don't want to be biased. You can also use Calm. Um, I always give... So, so there's a real Coke versus Pepsi thing going on with those guys, isn't there? <laughs> there is. There is. I'm like, wait, just use whatever you like. <laughs> they both... Um... <laughs> that is so true, isn't it? If you chat with someone, you know, you, you uh, meet someone at a dinner party or a mate or whatever, someone's either... It's either Calm or it's... Headspace. Yeah, and because I often recommend it to my patients, and it's funny they usually try both and have a very strong opinion about the one they People go with. People have got a really strong yeah, opinion. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I um, know. But so you, you personally, just because I, I think I got given a free voucher <laughs> at the start, and I'm just like stuck with it. I'd be the same. Um, but also Headspace, um, and I'm sure the same would relate to Calm because the, the um, strategy is the same. I've actually done some clinical trials to show that. Uh, doing it, I think it's like eight weeks, reduces your stress levels by about 19% or something like that. Um, And then also there's um, gut-directed hypnotherapy. So again, targeting that gut-brain axis has shown to significantly improve people's gut symptoms with IBS. Um, So it just, it is just so important, I think, um, to look after that gut-brain axis through things like the mindfulness and, you know, the relaxing stretching and the breathing. That's incredible. So the list, uh, you know, I'm the listener may or you know you may you may have known but if you didn't know it's you could do the the headspace app the yoga stretches hypnotherapy as well if you wanted yep. and these are all positive yeah have been um proven through um clinical trials to have a benefit. And I think, you know, me historically was a bit, being a scientist, I thought it's a bit hippy-dippy. I'm like, really? Is this going to have a benefit? But now that I've seen the clinical trials um, that are controlled with placebo groups, etc., I've, you know, had to kind of swallow my words and go, this is legit. It sure. actually does have an impact. In fact, um, they've done some studies in yoga 
and have shown uh, that it actually reduces your overall body inflammatory markers in your blood after I think it might have been three months or something like that. So there is a very objective measure to show it's having a benefit, not just mentally how you're feeling. Do you not think with yoga these days as well? I mean, I've seen it myself. I, I did yoga every week for about uh, set for for seven years, and wow, I felt that's imp- that is impressive. I mean, I was I would say that I wasn't very good, but my heart was always in the right place. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's all that matters. It really is. <laughs> but even in that time, I felt that there were more people from uh, more different backgrounds. There's more diversity in there than at the start. I do feel that yoga is. Uh, touching more lives these days. Would would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, But I do also think that some people have a bit of a fear about going to a class because... It was still outweighed by the the, the women way outweighed the men. No no question about that. And they think, oh, I don't want to look silly or Mm. is this a bit too, um, yeah, girly or something like that. Um, But one of the strategies I would suggest to those people is you can easily do it at home. YouTube is amazing. Um, You don't need to buy my book, although in the book there is like the the movements and things like that. Hang on, rewind a bit. You do need to buy the... (laughs) I'm terrible at that sort of stuff, (laughs) though. I don't want it because I don't want it to be a pushy thing. I want it to be... uh, You can access this information anywhere in terms of the yoga. Well, I mean, you can follow you on social media as well. I mean, you know, but, uh, but... genuinely do buy the book and it, and it also <laughs> makes a wonderful Christmas present for a, for a loved one. Doing a better job of, of selling the book there. Sorry, no, you, but you were saying, so if you, if you didn't buy the book, there is still... YouTube is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah, you can like you look at some of the basic um, movements and get a bit more comfortable doing it there. So, so I would say, I don't know if you're intending this, but what you've done is you've taken us from first thing in the morning with the oats through to the, the, the headspace, the potentially the hypnotherapy, um... Is there is there anything else as the day continues that we that we can do there? Also, uh, cutting down the meats in a in a bolognese yeah. by fifty percent. So that so far this is a great day. Yeah, uh, small tweaks like that. I think one of the strategies that I find my patients respond to the best and get the best results is trying to achieve thirty different plant based foods in their diet a week. Now I know from you know the outset that can sound like huge and very unattainable. It's simple little things. For example, um, you know, instead of having so much, you know, salt on your kitchen table, replace that with a, a bottle of mixed seeds and then you get four points, you know, right there. Instead of always getting the red peppers, get the green and the yellow peppers as well. Instead of buying just one type of lettuce, get the multi-pack of lettuces. So little tweaks like that can really add to that 30 different plant-based foods a week. So for my recommendations, I always say it's just about what you're adding in. Don't get fixated on cutting out all of these things. So you can still have, you know, you know, bits of meat, your favourite foods, etc. But you need to get in those 30 different plant-based foods a week. And I've seen so many improvements. Like one of my patients just on Wednesday, um, that was one of the main strategies that we set him. And three months later, he has um, improved his blood sugar regulation. Um, so he's no longer classified as pre-diabetic. And, you know, that is was so big for him because his dad uh, was diabetic and he didn't want to have to give himself insulin and things like that. So just that tweak, um, as well as some stress management strategies, he was able to, yeah, I guess, reverse that risk of, of diabetes. Now, now, asking a question on behalf of selfishly myself, but also a lot of the fellow parents that I know, this problem with tiredness at the end, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you get up, you, you get the kids ready, you go to work put the kids to bed, blah, 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 blah. By the time it gets to, say, 7, 8 p.m., 
and I know a, lo- a lot of people anecdotally, but also myself, practically horizontal with fatigue. Um, what, what can be done there to boost the energy levels on on top of exercise swimming gym whatever that might be uh is there anything else we can i mean i'm I'm almost on my knees pleading with you there megan yeah so there is a lot to say about the quality of your sleep now i appreciate if you've got young kids you know who are coming in crying (laughs) you know it's hard to get good sleep quality um but a clinical trial done by my colleagues at king actually looked at a range of different strategies to help improve sleep quality um and it showed that compared to the placebo the um the group which didn't not they weren't placebo sorry they're a control group who didn't actually have um this sleep hygiene protocol they had a significant improvement in their sleep quality overall and they felt so much better and that was just simple things so um it depends you know what's, I guess, keeping you up, but looking at your sleep environment in terms of what temperature. So around 16 to 18 degrees has the best temperature for your body to really get into that REM sleep. Um, Things like if you have a lot going on in your mind, having time about an hour before you go to bed to write write a worry diary down. Um, First thing in the morning, um, exposing yourself to natural light also helps regulate your body clock and really makes you feel refreshed. So there's a range of different um, strategies within this um, sleep hygiene protocol. Again, that's in the book. Um, that is evidence-based way to, I guess, feel more refreshed and maximize your sleep. Um, I do also find, and this is anecdotal evidence, that when people start to look after their gut more, getting in their different plant-based yeah. foods, they just feel like they have more energy. Um, so, you know, how many different plant-based foods are you getting in? <laughs> so I must say, my if my I hope she doesn't mind me saying this. My wife, uh, I think, in a parallel universe, would have got into nutrition. Oh, right. She's she's not obsessed, but she's hugely into nutrition. Her and I have attended nutrition courses together. You know, that's that's wow. That's that, that is that is her yeah. passion. So she's I must say she's excellent at getting as many things into the diet as possible. However, a lot of what you're saying there, like replacing the salt, mixing up the peppers, um, it, it all feels attainable. And that's the, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Nothing you said, I, I, and I've, I've never thought, oh, well, that, that's, that's never going to happen. It all feels doable. And I guess that's uh, that's inspiring, isn't it? It's, it's part of it to know that it's just simple changes that people can make. As soon as anyone says anything complicated and going on these crazy diets, it's like, well, I still have to look after my kids. I still have to pay the bills. I don't have time to do all this sort of stuff. Um, So it's important to show that actually you don't need to change your life radically. It's small things uh, that build up over time that can have that benefit. And things like there's many different recipes, again, most of them in the book, where it's adding in a whole lot of things to the blender, zipping it up, and then adding that to some al dente pasta. And that's really, really quick. It takes like five minutes for the making the pesto, you know, 10 minutes to cook the pasta, 15-minute meal, and it's super tasty. My nephew absolutely loves it, um, and I often rely on that, you know, when I've got busy days and things like that. So I think learning um, that you don't, if you are cooking, you don't have to spend hours in the kitchen. It's just simple tips. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah. Anything to uh, – I, I, I'm wrapping up now, so I, 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 I could listen to this all day. I'm a good rambler. No, so no, yeah. no. This is, trust me, this is not ramble. This, this, my friend, is pure gold. This is pure gold. You're so kind. Is, is there anything to replace, say, uh, dessert, anything to replace the chocolate on the sofa or the bowl of ice cream, anything like that? Yeah, so this is probably a slightly longer um, conclusion to the ending, but <laughs> one of my concepts is – around because yeah 
I'm so in, you know, impressed um, and infatuated by the fact that we have these trillions of microbes within our gut. I think every time I eat, I want to eat something that also feeds my gut microbes. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're having a dinner party, you're not going to feed, you know, just meat to your vegetarian friends. So inside me, I think I've got like this little community and I want to look after them. I want to feed them the things they like. So it was one Easter um, and my favorite chocolate is white. Um, so, you know, Great choice. no benefit at all for the gut microbes. Underrated there. white chocolate. Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, God, I feel a bit bad. Like it's Easter. I want, I'm celebrating. I'm feeding my taste buds. But the white chocolate's got no benefit for my gut microbes. So I developed this prebiotic chocolate bark where essentially they've just added a bit of extra virgin olive oil, which contains chemicals, uh, which our gut bacteria love and feast on. Um, and then also added some dried mango and pistachio, pistachios um, and then topped it with some dark chocolate. So I guess I've turned my favorite food for my taste buds, the white chocolate, into this food that Again, my taste buds love. It's still super tasty. In fact, I think I now prefer it. But also, it feeds the gut bacteria. So I know that was a long-winded answer to your question. Yeah, yeah. So it's about, you know, if you are having chocolate, make that sort of chocolate or side it with some, you know, a piece of fruit or a handful of raw nuts or something like that. If you do really want to have some ice cream, maybe you could have live um, yogurt instead. But if you want to have the ice cream, again, that's completely fine. But add something that you got bacteria going to like in there as well. I don't know, I've, missed, I've, have I missed the, the new spin on chocolate? Well, look, I, I, <laughs> I, I will vow to give this new chocolate a whirl because if there's one thing I could, I could do with vanquishing it is <laughs> no like, i fed it to the penguin team and they lost it they honestly like, yeah 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 everyone we're talking about something else there i'll have to edit this bit out <laughs> <laughs> it was the chocolate it was the oh instead of ice cream it was the adding yogurt oh you're having the live yeah so in the book oh. again you can make your own yogurt freeze it and you have these little symbiotic um like lolly, ice lollies super tasty i've remembered what it was it was the it, i i love that it was pretending that you have a community and so you're... Not pretending, you do. Sorry, you literally sorry. have, no, I, I was, you have this was... like inner little, I don't know if you call it a pet or a, just inner community of potential. That That's you lovely, be, that, It looks after you. Sure. Like it literally does so much for us, produces things, you know, the human body couldn't do on their own. So why wouldn't we want to look after it and nurture it to make sure that it can then do its best to look after us? I don't want to let you down. I promise that is how Please, I think. Please, look after those guys will, in there. I will. I will. Uh, so if I think, so if I, from now on, if we all think of... A community inside our our gut there that mm-hmm. that I mean that can the thing is the thing with the gut and I mean my understanding of it is is richer having spent time with you but um, on on the few pieces I've uh, written for balance or, or read and what have you um, its importance just cannot be understated can it it really is like a landmark scientific discovery yeah. and I think that's again why I really wanted to write the book to highlight it's not just another trend like the low fat low fat uh, low fat diet or a high protein diet you know it's not just one or two research groups are looking into this it is thousands pretty much every research group yeah. will look at to some degree at what effect whatever they're doing with its drugs diet um psychotherapy etc what it's doing to the gut they are now all starting to collect gut outcomes because they know that this is a major scientific discovery um so that's why i think it really is revolutionizing what it means to be human it's profound the impact is profound yeah. isn't it met, met, met now the very last question i promise i've done my classic regular listeners will know i've done my classic just one more question and then asked 12 more questions um do, do you please know, it's a question I've asked a lot, 
and I think it's connected to the gut. What what is intuition, and why does it prove to be correct? Do you, do you know the answer to that? I don't think anyone no knows, one knows exactly yeah, yeah. the answer. Um, but if you're talking about you know those gut feelings, how we have like the butterflies in our stomach, what that is is that our gut and our brain are constantly communicating, and we have two main different types of nervous systems that. Um, get down from our central nervous system, so our brain, into the rest of our body. And one is called our parasympathetic nervous system, and we relate to that as like a rest and digest. Yeah. And the other is the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight. So when we are, you know, relaxed, eating, we've got the parasympathetic nervous system kind of delivering a lot of um, energy, uh, whereas the other way when we're really nervous or anxious or something's not quite right, that sympathetic nervous system kind of comes into play. Now, when we are nervous, uh, the sympathetic nervous system comes on and actually draws blood away from our gut. And when the blood draws away from the gut, the nerves which innovate the gut and you know stimulate and move the gut start to get oxygen deprived and they tingle. Mm-hmm. And that's why we get those butterflies. Right, it's that tingling. So there is a scientific explanation of the tingling in the gut. But what that really means, up in your head, you've got some sort of sense going on. Right, so it's yeah. just that feeling from your brain. And why we, you know, know uh, that something's not right, even though we don't really, really know. I think just our unconscious, like so much is happening there that we don't consciously realise. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Marie Kondo off the back of the life changer, uh, life changer magic of tide, you know, yeah. uh, has ended up with a Netflix series. I have a, a strong suspicion that in the near future, I'll be watching the life changing magic of gut health with Dr. Megan. You've got, <laughs> honestly, uh, this has been... Uh, it's been uplifting it's been inspiring it's been so informative so thank you thank you so much that was that was wonderful no thanks for having me and thanks everyone for listening bless you thank you very much that was great thank you mate i mean if everyone's feeling down i'd like rewind thanks very much so wonderful dr megan rossi now that i've said megan i can't stop saying it um we will be back i'm sure we'll be back friday with yet another bonus episode if not we'll be back monday we'll see it's exciting isn't it some apps i tell you what we've got some absolute bangers in the chamber that is not a phrase is it um yeah we've got some huge ones uh, coming up uh so thank you as always we are across social at balance ldn i'm at james gill comedy spread the word tell your friends fuck on dudes dudes five star review positive write-up it helps like you would not believe uh, huge thank you for everything as always 51 episodes eh? Uh, anyway speak soon thank you very much hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.